You've heard my thoughts on recruiting. Now let's bring in a real expert, the director of college football recruiting at Sports Illustrated. We're going to talk future quarterback Gabari Johnson, Luther Burden expectations, and this 2023 class in general, and more coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hey all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball each and every weekday. And thanks so much to Bet Online for bringing you this episode. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online where the game starts. And like I said, we got to start with John Garcia today. He's an excellent, excellent reporter when it comes to recruiting. He's on absolutely everything. I didn't even prep him for the Gabari Johnson question, but by God, he was ready. And I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Now here's me with John Garcia. All righty. Well, you know what, John, I'm going to start you off here with actually a little bit. I'm going to lay the groundwork here with a bit of a statistic for you, or at least a fact. Let's put it that okay. way. Missouri in the 2021 and 2022 cycles of football recruiting, they were one of six teams in the Southeastern Conference that signed top 20 classes in each of those two years, along with Alabama, Florida, Georgia, LSU, and Texas A&M. So as you know, John, I'm sure that's some rather unusual and good company for the Missouri Tigers to be in. But so far this season, I checked out your personal rankings, didn't see the Tigers in the top 25. Other places, the Tigers are, are sometimes in the 50s and 60s. Now, as Drinkwitz pointed out, the game is not over yet. But what do you make of this drop in rankings in this 2023 cycle so far? And is this something that Missouri fans should be overly concerned about? Yeah, John, I wouldn't go too overly concerned right out of the gate. It's something to keep an eye on 100%. Um, you, you need more volume. I think that's probably the clearest you know, next step to go in the conversation. Those classes had 18, 19, 20-plus verbal commitments and eventual signees within them. This current class has 10, right? So you've got 10 verbal commitments. You're really bare in the trenches, both the O-line and the defensive line. Now, the good news there is that those kids are always emerging. There's a ton in the Midwest. You can you can dig into your local footprint to supplement the skill position talent there. And, and the skill position looks really good right now. I, I like the receiver and DB class that Mizzou has put together. But you need more volume. And that's really where that conversation begins. And the season being here on the doorstep only enhances those opportunities, right? You're going to get more kids on campus for official as well as unofficial visits. And naturally, the interest in Missouri is going to go up a little bit. And the boards, not only at Mizzou, but some of these other programs, are going to start to kind of figure themselves out, right? These these Georgias, A&Ms, Bamas of the world are all closer to 20 verbal commitments right now. So they can only take a finite amount of prospects 
going forward. So the availability of Mizzou's class will have a little bit more fluidity within it. And then you also kind of wonder how many transfers are going to come in this year. That's becoming the supplemental and sometimes one-to-one ratio of of talent acquisition, right? Uh, The old misses of the world are one-to-one. LSU, one-to-one almost of high school talent versus portal edition. So is that part of the strategy? How much do you leave that door open within your in-season recruiting strategy? I think those questions uh, could also become some interesting answers as as the next few months um, come and go. I'm wondering what Eli Drinkwitz is thinking in that regard um, and keeping the door open with some transfer possibilities because you brought in 10 last year or, or 11 last year. So maybe that's becoming something that is going to be a constant. And then when you get into the recruiting rankings element, how many of us weigh the portal classes with the high school signing classes? Most of us don't. Some of us do. But eventually all of us will. And I think that's where, from a perceptional standpoint, it's important to make that distinction of, hey, this is who we're evaluating right now. And for us, it's it's the high school and junior college recruits that are on board with these programs. Yeah, that seems like a, a real new challenge for people in your industry, right? Is how, how do you exactly, like say Makai Wingo, a player who was a really good true freshman for Missouri last year, now he's transferring to LSU. I mean, how would you sort of compare you know, somebody like that coming out of high school, you had your evaluation of him then. Now you see a guy actually play for a season and produce at an SEC level. Now he's moving on to another school. Yeah, I guess, how do you balance that? And, and what kind of trends are you seeing just in terms of how effective are, are the transfer portal players being, I guess? Is that, are these guys pretty much good when they come in? If they were good at their old place, they good at the new place? Is there any trends you're noticing there? I know that's a big question I just threw at you. Yeah, I think so. I, I think typically if you're good, you're good wherever you're playing. And that includes guys that are in the FCS or playing lower levels that are coming up to the Power 5 level and, and excelling. So I think the the portal has shown a lot of that, that, hey, there's great talent kind of everywhere. Uh, so I do think that's one element of it. But, yeah, in terms of how we weigh those things, look, you can come at different points. And I think that's what's hard for, for our side of it. In high school, you've got – the early signing period, and then the traditional signing day, the first Wednesday of February, and that's it. So at that point, we know, okay, this is the group that's headed to school X. With the portal, it's 12 months a year. It's kind of wide open. The, they only recently instituted rules for the immediate eligibility aspect of it. Like in the SEC, I think it's May 1st. So to be eligible that year, you have to decide by May 1st. Well, recruiting is done in February. So how long do we consider – those next few months in talent acquisition. So I think that's what makes it a little harder on us because there's no clear timeline and structure of, of when things have to be done. So that's why at SI we don't right now include transfer portal rankings with the high school rankings. In fact, we're talking about making it a, an entirely separate deal that we do maybe in the off season, maybe after spring football, because there's so much fluidity around that time of year. And obviously even more so in the fall and and winter months. And quickly, I want to tell you about our title sponsor, betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, esports, 
golf, even pro wrestling and entertainment props on occasion. They've got you covered there. I tell you that Missouri over still looking pretty good, and I have to chuckle a little bit. Looked up Nebraska's over-under win total for the season, seven and a half. My God, really? <laughs> what possible confidence could I have in betting over seven and a half for Nebraska right now? But anyway, regardless of your opinions, you got to check out betonline.net right now where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen every day. The ultimate college football preview is here, by the way, a seven-episode preview with college experts, local experts, Odyssey football insiders, everything you need to be ready for this season in one spot. Search for the ultimate college football preview on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, back to me and John Garcia. Yeah, it just seems like roster management now is basically just an all-year-round kind of deal. Like you say, I mean, it, it does make it a real challenge that those calendars don't really meet up. You're, you're gonna, you have to figure out what your high school class is, but then obviously, like you said, three months later, you could have multiple guys transferring out of your program once they figure out, eh, maybe my path to the first string on this squad wasn't quite as easy as I thought, that type of deal. But you know, one big uh, bit of news recently involving Missouri is one of their offensive linemen they were really after, East St. Louis offensive lineman Miles McVeigh, ultimately decided to go to Alabama. And if you're a take for Alabama, going to be tough for Missouri to win most of those battles. But I got to say, I'm a little disappointed. I thought this was a real good offensive line class. Missouri still in there on Logan Reichert from Raytown in Missouri. But it did make me think a little bit. One thing about Miles McVeigh, that guy just has real projectable SEC size, right? Like he's already like 320 pounds, six foot six in high school. And I, it just made me wonder sometimes a lot of these linemen, of course, have to put on weight. And it made me think what actually are the easiest and hardest positions for you to project out of high school? At least you personally, what have you had the most success in terms of, hey, I've hit a lot on this position. Maybe I've missed more than that on this position. Well, I think you're, you're leading me right into it, John. It's it's certainly the offensive lineman because I had a feeling so much, so much body transformation yeah. and positional movement that we don't get to see. And then on top of that, schematically, there's so many different systems uh, where you have to make audibles or you only block in a certain way that we don't get to see when these kids are in high school because oftentimes it's pretty straightforward. A lot of zone blocking pass first stuff or you're one of these old school programs that's running downhill so we only get kind of half of an evaluation because of the, the scheme and style of some of these offensive lines in high school so it's certainly that position um, I, I think you you get a different variance of not only size uh, with with them adding 20 30 pounds or sometimes having to lose that weight but again positionally it gets very very hard because as the game has opened up and become more more spread and pass friendly, the old school position parameters of height, weight relative to your position, they don't matter as much anymore. So you're seeing offensive tackles at six three, six four, where five years ago you're like, oh, that's a guard. Like we got to push that kid inside immediately. Not the case anymore because these schemes are so balanced and different and wide open and, and more movement based than stationary base. So it's become, it was already hard and it's become harder 
over the last few years. But yeah, that's certainly the entire offensive line is really tough to evaluate. I think uh, quarterbacks are always tough to evaluate because kind of the same thing, yeah. right? Are you a beneficiary of your system? Do you have to go through progression reads at your high school or, or is it one check and go if you're a great runner? You know, there's a lot of different elements to weigh in quarterback evaluation as well, but it certainly starts with those two positions, unless you include specialists, because I couldn't tell you what a great um, hang time number is, right? a great uh, launch angle of a punter. I, I couldn't get into any of those things, even though I've been doing this 10 plus years. Uh, so outside of specialists, yeah, O-linemen and quarterbacks absolutely take that kick. How about the easiest? What have you done well with? I think running back's probably the easiest. Um, if you're a guy who has juice and big playability, it's it's kind of scheme versatile, um, especially if you're a modern back who can catch the football out of the backfield as well. Um, so maybe you know a bigger running back is harder to evaluate because that, that becomes a little bit more scheme dependent. Um, but yeah, running backs are pretty easy. Receiver has been pretty cut and dry, um, as well as I would say linebacker. A lot of the guys who are all SEC or all conference or all American or even early NFL draft picks are a lot of guys that we were really, really high on uh, coming out of high school. Nicobe Dean immediately comes to mind uh, over this last year or so. So I think if you're kind of the total package at linebacker, it's very projectable early in your high school career and it makes it a little bit easier on us. Now, I don't think I prepped you for this one, so I apologize, but I think you'll be ready for it. I have faith in you. One good part about the 2023 class, at least so far from Missouri, it seems like they got their quarterback in the class pretty easily. Gabari Johnson, I believe, of the Seattle-Tacoma area up there in the Northwest. Do you have any thoughts on that young man, Gabari Johnson? Yeah, legitimate dual threat, longer, confident player. Uh, Really loved the production he put up as a junior. I think he only threw two interceptions in 2021. So he's a guy who pushes it downfield and takes chances, but the numbers aren't staggeringly, you know, close or, or, or worryful. It, you kind of back off there. And then there's this ease when he runs the football. He's a confident, smooth, kind of silky runner with the ball. Think of um, think of a Michael Penix type, you know, in Midwest Indiana guy yeah. from the state of Florida, but he's taller and has more arm talent at that same rate. So I think he's a legitimate dual threat who certainly fits what Missouri wants to do long-term. I think he needs to fill out and probably polish up his technique a little bit, footwork, patience, again, going through those progressions. How much is he really asked to get to that third read? We're not sure on tape at this point, but the arm talent, the athleticism, and the frame – leaves a lot of room for improvement and excitement simultaneously, which is what you want at the position, especially if, as the current construction of the roster, you're not going to need him day one. Right. It looks like you're going to be able to, to let him develop mm-hmm. relative to uh, Tyler Macon, Horn, and on all those guys right. that are young in the roster. Yeah, I think that's a good call, and I- I'm glad to hear you say that because I definitely saw a lot of the same things you did, a lot of fluid athleticism, you know, solid arm, all that good stuff. But you know what? I- I've- we've talked a lot about the future here. I'll get you out of here on this one, John. Let's talk about the present because, of course, you know Luther Burden. I don't know if he was your top receiver. I, I assume maybe in the 2022 class. Was he your top receiver? 
He, I think he was number two. Oh, no. Well, that's all I the know. time we have here today, oh. folks. Uh, no, I'm just kidding, John. But, but seriously, though, obviously you think Luther's a heck of a prospect like everybody else. He's gotten a lot of hype about what kind of expectations he has for his true freshman season. I've certainly been a uh, contributor to said hype. What are your expectations for Luther in year one? I'm not even necessarily talking statistically. Just what are you looking for from, from young Luther Burden? Real quick, we had Luther Burden number four overall in the country, uh, the number two receiver, only because we ranked Travis Hunter as a receiver. Gotcha. We don't we don't do the athlete thing, so he's gotcha. more of a corner, most likely at Jackson State. So from that perspective, yes, Luther was number one. But yeah, I, I think the expectations should be incredibly high. Missouri's a team that's going to need to throw the football. They don't have, or they didn't have that alpha wide receiver last year that big physical hey even contested get me the ball kind of guy at least from a production standpoint so I do think Luther creates some of those those wider margins for error uh, for the quarterback position he's dynamic after the catch as well which really provides a whole different level of trust and it helps you ease him into the game plan a little bit more receiver is one of those positions where we've seen a lot of freshmen true freshmen make a really big impact and I think a lot of it is because you're able to work them in kind of slowly uh, so if you, you give him a certain package where he's running the routes he's most comfortable with or blocking where he's most comfortable you could really ease him in and get him going uh, with some easy things and then you can build from there so I do think he's a guy you can design short passes for where you can let him run after the catch and obviously you can let him get to those second and third level routes where he's kind of known for shining at um, playing the football at its highest point and or down the field at the third level. That's really the quintessential Luther Bird in play. Uh, so I do think the expectation should be high. I was asked to do my three most impactful freshmen, true freshmen for SI ahead of this college season. And Luther Burden was the second name I mentioned. I just think that in the East this year where there's a little bit more offensive expectation really across the board, right? Georgia, Kentucky, South Carolina, you're expected to need to score right. to compete this year. Tennessee, obviously. Yep. Uh, so if Missouri's going to do so, he's going to have to be a very big part of that right out of the gate. There's there's motivation. There's a chip on his shoulder playing for his hometown. It was a huge deal when he committed. So I think all that stuff will come back up emotionally for him. And that's one of those positions, again, emotions are good. You know, there's some diva tags that are associated with wide receivers, but you want that guy to be emotional. You yeah. want your alpha to kind of show it. I think that's one of those positions where it's okay. You don't want it at quarterback or your middle linebacker who's who's making a lot of pre-snap decisions and, and needs to be even keel, maybe a cornerback. You don't want it at those spots. But at receiver where you're not playing every rep and, and you are demanding the football, I love a little emotion coming from these guys. So I expect Luther to show it on top of that as well. So, yeah, let the expectations soar on this one. Cool. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And I personally, I also expect him to not only be a difference maker in the receiving game, but also as a punt returner. I expect yeah. him to probably be Missouri's punt returner this year and maybe score a touchdown or two this fall in that part of the game as well. He certainly seems like – Probably Missouri's best, certainly their best receiver prospect since Doriel Green Beckham. I'd even go back to Jeremy Macklin personally, but mm. that's just me. But a good good comparison there maybe. But anyway, John, thank you so much. This has been a great appearance. Appreciate your time, pal. Thanks for having me on. Yep, Take care. I, I will see you next time. 
That'll do it for this edition of Locked on Mizzou. Thanks again to John Garcia for being an excellent guest. Now, get more on the Southeastern Conference by making Locked on SEC your second listen. Every day, Chris Gordy is there with you and his band of merry local experts across the Locked On Network to take you through the SEC each and every day. Again, that's Locked On SEC. Make it your second listen today. So, until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou. Mizzou.